They're here. Uh, I was thinking of Tyler and Christina. They're here. You guys did that up here. I saw Olivia running around. Bo's preaching in Clinton today, but she and Bo did that right here. There, there are a number of couples. Teresa, Vic, you guys probably did that right here, didn't you? Right here on this spot? Pretty close. <laughs> a lot of folks right here in this space. When Melinda and I got married, we made four promises to each other. We promised to love. We promised to honor. We promised to cherish. And we promised to tell each other when we have food stuck on our face. <laughs> we did. That's real. We looked at each other and like, look, if I have food on my face, tell me. People react to that different ways. Some people like, you know, they're embarrassed, they get uh, aggravated, it ends up in maybe somebody sleeping somewhere else that night kind of deal. But for us, we were like, please, if I have like spinach on my tooth here, please tell me. We made it clear to each other. We made it clear to each other in that relationship, honestly, we want to know. We want to know. And that is the prayer of this series. That is the prayer that we are doing in this series. It's called the divine invitation. It's not an invitation from God to me. It's an invitation from me to him. These verses in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, these are invitations from us to him. Week one, we talked about search me. Search me, know my heart. That's the feeling stuff. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. We, th we talked about the processes of anxiety and how feelings impact thoughts. And then this, this week, it is see me. So we had, a, a, we had a, a search me and know me, test me and know me. This week, it's see me and show me. Search me and know me, test me and know me. This week's a little different. It's see me. And show me, show me my wicked ways. That's a prayer that we need to pray. Show me. In Numbers 32, verse 23, they'll throw that up here. Interesting passage, and, and some of you know this before you even realized you know it. If you fail to do this, the Lord says you're going to be sinning. And you may be sure that your sins will find you out. Has anybody ever quoted that before? You didn't know it was Numbers, did you? Be sure your sins will find you out. But here's the question that I want to offer for us all. When you look at a verse like this, if you fail to do it, you're going to be sinning against the Lord, and you may be sure. We could say, you can take that to the bank. Your sins are going to find you out. How would we say that? It's going to go public. We're going to see something. It's it's coming from under the table to above the table. But here's my question. Is our mentality catch me? Or are we praying, Lord, show me? When we read a verse like this, and we are certain, you may be sure that your sin, which is essentially just missing the point. That's the Greek word. It just means you're missing the mark. There is a failure. 
It doesn't have to become shame because shame is identity. Failure is just about what we do. Shame is about who we are. But when we hear or we read or it's preached that you can take it to the bank, that your sin is going to find you out, is our posture to pray, Lord, you're going to have to catch me on that one. Or, Lord, I want you to show me. As a parent, when my kids get caught, I remind them, this is not punishment. It is pursuit. When my kids get caught doing something in the most roundabout way, I'm looking at Tony, who who did our communion transition. He did a great job. Thank you for that. One day, Tony told me, said, so I was driving down Ohio Boulevard, and I saw Chip climbing over a fence. I'm going to stop the story right there. We'll just leave it right there. That's how this happens. Right? I wasn't searching around. Has anyone seen Chip doing anything? Anyone? Has anyone seen him doing anything? No. You're just having coffee with someone sitting around. He goes, hey, I saw Chip climbing a fence. It wasn't your fence. And when something like that happens, and we have stories like that in our own life, we're like, oh, my God, the Lord does talk to my parents. Like, it is not punishment. I look my kids straight in the face with serious issues. That was just a funny. A basketball went over the fence, and he climbed into somebody else's yard and got the basketball. That's what was going on there. Not felony level, like it was okay. There are other things that I talk to my kids about that are serious. Serious, serious. And I sit across from them, and I look at them, and I say, the message that I want you to know, this is not God's punishment that you're always found out. It is his pursuit It is is being found out because he is pursuing you. This is the grace of God. This is the goodness of God. This is a thank you so much I got caught. In Psalm 139, you can put that up there. So this is our text. Psalm 139, verse 24. We said, search me, O Lord, and... Know my heart, try me, know my anxious thoughts, test me, know my anxious thoughts, and then see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Asking God, asking God, not catch me, God, but asking God, see if there is any wicked way. See and show me. Asking God to identify our wicked ways is like asking the greatest doctor ever to use the greatest machine ever to perform the greatest search ever into every cell of our bodies to see how we are doing really and tell us. That's what this prayer is. It is asking the greatest doctor ever to use the greatest machine ever to perform the greatest search ever, to show me how things are in my life, really, and then tell me. You see, when we have these conversations with God, we need to remind ourselves, he's not trying to fire us. We're inviting him to see what we cannot see, and we are asking him to help us. I've been in management 
opportunities throughout the years, different things, church-related, secular business. More than a handful of times, someone will walk in and they will say something to the effect of, if you're going to fire me, just fire me. Maybe you've had that experience if you're in management, or maybe you've been the person that walked in and like, hey, if you're going to fire me, just fire me. Let's just cut to the chase. We're sitting across from each other, and I'm very happy to get to tell them, we're having this conversation because I want to keep you here. I see something valuable in you. We have invested in you, and you are worth the investment. Now, numbers... That passage in Numbers, it says, when you failed, and you failed, you are not hitting the mark. That's what sin is. I'm not hitting the mark. We're having this conversation because I value you. And frankly, I will tell them, if I'd wanted you to be fired, you would have never seen me. I would have told someone else to process your paperwork. You would have never made it to my office. When we're inviting God into these spaces, it is the greatest doctor doing the greatest search ever, the greatest machine that ever is. This word of God that searches us, that looks into us. It is the word of God that is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. It's powerful. (laughs) And we invite God into that space. My thoughts go to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. In the beginning of Paul's treatise about uh, follow-through and righteousness, look at this. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Is that what you think this is? Because it's not. You don't have to despise his goodness, his forbearance. You know what forbearance is? I'm working with you. I'm, I'm, I'm bearing you, bearing you for something. I'm carrying you. Not just suffering with you, long suffering with you. And do we, do we, I don't know if we'd say we despise it, but do we somehow categorize it in the wrong way? And then it, it wraps up beautifully at the end. Not knowing that what? What is it that brings us to repentance? It's God's goodness. We're having this conversation because of your goodness. You could have cut us off a long time ago. You didn't. You keep this open. This is the heart of discipleship. You might think it's the heart of salvation. In fact, it is discipleship. It is when someone strays and he draws them back. Draws them back into a space. It is his goodness. Having these hard talks, those are to keep us. When we talk about setting boundaries, we say that we set boundaries in the service of a relationship. We have a boundary because we want to have relationship with you. We're having the hard conversation because we want to be able to continue our relationship, and it needs to be in this guide, in this way, in this healthy way. Anytime we have sin, it just shows us that we veered outside of the boundary. Here's the boundary, here's the action, And that has veered outside of the boundary. So that's why it's so easy for me to say sin is not a deal breaker. Sin isn't a deal breaker. I don't want you to sin, but it's not a deal breaker. It's a road sign. Sin is a road sign. It tells us something. 
It shows us where we actually land, where we are in the whole process. And we're asking the Lord, I hope you'll be praying it with me, Lord, show me. Because I'm not afraid, I don't want fear, show me. One of those things that I've asked my family to do is tell me if I've offended you. Tell me if there's something wrong in our family. Emma, I want to know. Because I don't want to think that that one day that she gets married and I've envisioned walking her down some aisle and being with her, and then we get to that day and she's like, well, Dad, actually... You're not going to be the one doing that. Whoa, really? Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want the whoa moment right then. I don't want the surprise right then. I want to know along the way. I don't want the surprise at the end of my life that I think I've put my stuff in the wrong sock, in the wrong basket, in the wrong place. Lord, right now, show me. See in me and show me. Because I don't want those things in me. If there's any wicked way in me, take it out. (laughs) Take it out. It's not the sin that separates us. It's not the sin that separates us. Because once the sin shows, listen to this, once the sin is seen, it means the separation has already been going. Once you see the sin, sin is like fruit. Once you see the sin, once it manifests, The separation has already started. It is a road sign. It is a a thermometer of what has already started. As a pastor here, I want you to stop sinning. But addressing the sin is not the same as addressing the source. I want you to stop sinning. It's not healthy, not a good choice. And I'm super comfortable with looking at you and going, bad decision, bad choice. But addressing the sin is not the same as addressing the source of it. So let me give you an example. If I were to take a lingering glance at another woman, it does not mean that my marriage is over. It means that I am in some stage of disconnection and already down the path of a relationship problem. So if I'm walking along and take some long, lingering look at another woman, not Melinda, not my wife, a long, lingering look at another woman, Jesus tells us that's not okay, that's very clear, and I do that, it doesn't mean my marriage is over, but what it does mean is that before I took that look, there was already a relationship problem in here. Looking at that woman is not okay. But if I'm walking with you through the mall and I choose not to look because I'm with you, I still have a heart issue. Are you with me? I may be walking with you and I'm the pastor and somebody walks by and I would normally turn and watch and walk all the way down the hallway. But because I'm with you, I don't. I didn't sin, but I still have a heart issue. And I didn't restrain myself because of a love for Jesus or a love for Melinda. I restrained myself because of a fear of you. And that's not the win. C 
see me, O God. See if there is any wicked way in me and show me. And the deception of all this is that one might believe that not looking addressed the actual heart issue, but it didn't. Didn't. One thing that's very deep for me in the way that I pastor, in the way that I disciple people, in the way that I teach, the things that I believe, a person won't be lost by the commission of their sin. That's not going to be it. A person is not going to be lost because of the commission of their sin. They're going to be lost because of the condition of their heart. We're not going to be lost because of the commission of sin. We will, however, find ourselves lost because of the condition of our heart, which manifests as sin. So show me, see me, look in there, help me, help me see, put the temperature gauge on me. Pop that instant read meat thermometer right here and let me know what the gauge is. What's the temp here? Talk to me, show me. You see, our freedom, actually, those of you that have been through freedom, lesson one, which is that video, it tells us temptation is more a statement about your relationship than it is your sense of self-control. Temptation is a statement about the existing relationship much more than it is a statement about my self-control to not do, to not look, to not take, to not act. I can have self-control because you're standing next to me. And I can still have a heart issue. What we are looking for is the big win. And the big win is putting people into a space where for the last 45 minutes, the presence of the Lord has been here. And it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that I'm going to say in a moment, is this advocate for us. Because I will tell you this. When I am all in with Melinda... I'm not taking those furtive glances. When I'm dialed in with her and the relationship is good, I'm not looking around. Seeing our sin, when we're asking God, show us. See in me if there's any wicked way. Show me. When we're asking that, we understand that our sin informs us of our position. Sin is almost like GPS. Have you ever thought of that? Sin is like GPS. It lets me know where I am. It lets me know where I am in the relationship. So whatever is offensive to God, because one translation is wicked. That's what we read. See if there's any wicked way in me. The NIV translates it as offensive. If there's any offensive way to you, when those come out of me, whether it's what I say, what I don't say, what I do, what I don't do, whatever. Thoughts, feelings, actions. That's what this this passage is about. And if it's those things, I want the Lord to show me. Not because I'm afraid. Because I don't want something surprising me. I want to actually hit the issue. I don't want to pluck the fruit and the tree be the same. I don't want to pluck the fruit of the tree, the stuff that you see, and act like the tree has changed. We have to get the roots up and out and turn in relationship. We have to pray, Lord, see me and show me. That's the divine invitation. It is, Lord, see me and show me. Let me just offer you this. You can come here and not actually ever say the see me, show me part, but if you will come here and submit yourself to the Lord, 
he will see you and he will show you. Now, you could come here hard-hearted. I get it. I got that too. But that's not what we're doing. We're not doing that. We're showing up open. And we're, we're, you are intentionally putting yourself, and I am intentionally putting myself in a space where the Lord can show me. I'm positioning myself in his presence so that he can talk to me. He can prompt me. He can tell me something. I get in the word of God, not for a Jeopardy contest, right? I get in the word of God, not for information, but for transformation. I don't get in the word of God for information. I'm looking for transformation. I'm looking to stand against his word, the way he loves, the way he cares. It's not just don't smoke, don't drink, quit listening to rock and roll. It's like, how does he love? Who is he with? How does he care? Am I doing that? Because if I show respect to persons, that's a sin. If I do something, know to do good and don't do it, that's a sin. Anything not of faith is a sin. Hello? It's not just, well, I quit doing those bad things. No, 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 no. This is about, Lord, show me the things in my life that aren't happening. The good that you're calling me into. So that is like GPS. It lets us know where we are, and that is very helpful. But what is not helpful is how we sometimes go about correcting it. We're just like, I'm just going to quit sinning. I'm just going to stop looking at other women. But you see, the issue is that the relationship is still not good. I can put blinders on. I, I, I can gouge my eyes out. But the relationship is still not good. 30 years of pastoring, I'll tell you something else that folks do with that. They'll just go underground with it. They'll just go underground with it so people think they've stopped. Well, that's temporary relief, but the shame gets you then. Then you're walking around under all the shame and the weight of sin. Or you could turn to Jesus. What do we call that when we turn to Jesus? Repenting. That's repenting. Repenting is not accurately confessing everything I've ever done. That's confessing everything I've ever done. Repenting is turning. It is a turn to him. Throwing myself back into the relationship, loving him again and, and letting him love me. In that case, you deal with the relationship. You deal with the shame and you deal with the sin. So in Psalm 139, verse 24, let me throw that up there again. The word wicked... See if there be any wicked way in me. I mentioned a moment ago, can, can be translated offensive. If you have an NIV Bible, you're going to see offensive. But there's another option. When you look at the word, it can be translated as idle. Not I-D-L-E. I-D-O-L. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any idle in me. That is exactly what we're talking about. Because the sin is what shows I'm finding fulfillment from somewhere else, and the problem is the relationship. The sin is the telltale. The issue is the relationship. And is there an idol? An idol just simply is that thing that I'm looking to for fulfillment. Trying to be accurate about assessing the whole deal. What's going on? If I were all of a sudden to grab my arm 
and you see sweat on my head and my eye, my, my pupils dilate. I'm like, ah, oh, oh. And I double over. How many of you are going to come up here and go, can I massage your arm? Will that help? Here, we're going to get some wet cloths. We've got some eye drops. You know why you're not going to do that? Because you know this is not the issue. This is the issue. This is the issue. It's a heart issue. You're not going to run up and try to massage my arm. You're not going to go, if we cut that arm off, it'll be fine. Because that's not it either. It's a heart issue that manifests in other ways. And any time we seek fulfillment, acceptance, or belonging, or community, or connection, or purpose from something other than Jesus, it is an idol. Is there any idol in me? And when I seek those things from that idol, the manifestation, I'm going to say every time, is sin. It is simply the sign, the sign of something else in here. And it would be silly, uh, unethical almost, to like, let's treat the arm because you know. You know it's not the arm. In John 16, verse 7 through 11, I was thinking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God that we have the Holy Spirit. That Jesus did not just show up, do cool things, take off, and we got to figure it out. But thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, New Living Translation, it says, But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. It's best for you that I go away because if I don't, what's it say? The advocate. The advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'm going to send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world. These three things, listen to this. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. Verse 9, look at this. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The issue here is verse 9. It's not the stuff that we see. It's that we didn't believe in who he is. We found an idol somewhere else. I will say it again. You and I will never be lost because of the commission of a sin. We will be lost because of the condition of our heart. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. That's what we address. That's why we don't get turned over here and there. We're looking at the heart issue. I want you to repent. I want you to pray the prayer. See me, search me, know me, show me, Lord. We're in that space. He does it. He does it. Verse 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Thank you, Lord, for your righteousness that covers us. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. What's Jesus call the Holy Spirit? The very first verse that we read, advocate. Holy Spirit is an advocate. There are similar words. Supporter. A a, a backer. A backer. 
The Holy Spirit is our backer. One, one word is a champion. The champion is going to come. The backer is going to come. The supporter is going to come. The advocate. You know what the opposite of an advocate is? A critic. We're not praying for the Holy Spirit to come to us so he can be critical. Not critical in the way that most of us feel. Like, why are you being so critical? I'm begging him to be critical. Please show me. Critique me. Judge me. Maybe that'd be a revelation for us, a revolution for us. If we had the bandwidth to say, Lord, judge me, don't condemn me. There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, advocate, I am seeking spirit. I'm using preaching, I'm using singing, I'm using worship, I'm using the word of God. I am praying, I am putting myself in community. I am in all these places. Show me. Let's pause right here. When we ask God to see our wicked ways, are we inviting the feedback of a supporter or a critic? And when we're equipped with this information, is the Holy Spirit holding out hope or a hammer? When I'm praying this prayer, am I saying, Lord, see me and show me? And I am so hopeful that he is going to do it. Judge me. Please show me, please show me the deepest recesses of my heart. I will be embarrassed. I will probably be a little bit sad. I'm like, uh, uh. but show me. Because I know it's not a hammer, it's hope. And I know it's not condemnation, it is his righteousness. The advocate will convict the world with these three things: sin, refusing to believe in me, righteousness, it's his and not ours. And judgment, being held accountable is part of this process. You don't have to fear judging from him. You don't have to fear judging from him. He's the one that knows us. He's the one that loves us like no other. It's like going to the principal's office and the principal is your grandma. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Come on in here and sit down. I baked some cookies for this little meeting today. He loves us. We talk about setting boundaries and we talk about having other people. And my two criteria for other people are is they love you, they care about you, and they don't need anything from you. He is the ultimate other people. He loves me and doesn't need a thing from me. Which means he will tell me the truth. And what sets us free? The truth. Come on up, Arne. There is an order to this. Search my feelings and know my thinking hang-ups. Get close enough to me to know something about my story, not just what's going on out here, not just out here, but what's happened and what is happening in here. I'm so grateful for the love of Jesus that he holds that as so precious. See me, then show me. Recognizing the presence of sin is so helpful in this context. 
don't have to be ashamed of it. It needs to tell us something. It informs us. It reveals the order of my loves. It unveils the level of my ambivalence. It exposes the idols in my life. The recognition of wickedness, idol, sin, is such a gift. It's a gift. And the showing is one of the primary jobs of the Holy Spirit. And it comes from relationship and an ongoing nearness. If he and I don't hang around together, we can show up and hold our breath for 30 minutes. But when we hang around together, he can walk in and I can say, what's, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm just, you know, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'll ask you again. He'll say that to me. What's going on? I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Classic. What's the matter, dear? Nothing. Okay. Right? I'm like, we got married at night, but it wasn't last night. I've been hanging out with you for 30 years. I know when something is up, but you can just tell me whenever you want. Right? You know why? Because we hang out together. Do you want... Do you want to be discipled? In purity and holiness, you've got to hang out with the Spirit. You've got to put your, and you're here. Hey, you did it. You're here. You're here. I'm not meeting you downtown saying, y'all need to get to the church real quick. You're in the church. You're here. We've already been doing it for an hour and a half. Like you're in the place. Because you see what happens here? After the search me, know my heart, test me, try me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any idle wickedness in me, it's, it's, it's take that, and you know how he's going to change that wickedness in me? He's going to lead me. Next week we're having baptism Sunday and Kelsey's preaching. Kelsey's going to take that topic. She's going to take the last part of this series. Lead me. Lead me. You mean you see me and you show me? And then you let me get myself together and you'll, we'll make an appointment later. No, 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 that's not it. You see me, you show me, you lead me. Lead me with the mess. Lead me with the struggle. Lead me with what you've just shown me. We're all walking through this space. I thought of this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Now, in the context of what we're talking about right now, Just Holy Spirit, lead me. Take him at his word. The, I'll leave and the advocate will come and it will reveal to you. And you don't have to be afraid of that because you're trusting. Just to rest upon, upon his, promise. his promise. Just, Just to, know, to know, thus says the Lord. The chorus. Jesus, Jesus. This is a prayer in the context of this message. How, how I, I trust, him, trust Him. How, how I prove Him more and more. Over and over and over and over and over. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Precious, precious Jesus. And no for grace to trust. 
Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus who gave himself. Precious Jesus who made these promises. Who said, I'm sending advocate. Oh, for grace to trust that even more. See me, show me. I will trust you with the results of that inspection. I'm so glad I learned to trust. Sing it out. Precious Jesus, Savior, Savior, friend, friend, friend. And I know that Thou art with me. You are with me and will be until. where we should be saying yes not apprehension not even hesitation just the clarity of oh yes you love me like that oh yes you can show me stuff that needs to be seen who here knows you're not feeling well and you're looking for a doctor that lost his license has rickety old equipment that blinks out on and off That's foolish. This doctor has razor sharp clarity. Can see where no other person can see. Discerns our thoughts and the intent of our heart. But we do not have to be afraid of that. Because hear what I'm about to tell you. The doctor that is about to make this diagnosis is also the one that is the great healer. He is going to show us our stuff. And then he is going to heal us. We are going to lay that all out before him. And people that have been walking and journeying with him in this way, sing this verse with depth. I'm so glad, so glad I've learned, learned to trust him. To trust him, I'm so glad. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, with me, will be with me till the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you and how I prove 
So to stay in this spirit of prayer and closing out today, if God's convicting you or showing you a place in your life where you fall short, or maybe he's just calling you something into something bigger or something greater, good, good. Because we're trusting the creator of the universe. We're trusting the God that sent his son to die for us. Like the song said, he is for us. So through that conviction or through that call, it's not for shame and guilt. It's because he is for us. So I ask you today, um, as we bow our heads to the close here, a spirit of, of courage and faith and trust to pray that prayer for God to search us. He finds something shows us to be joyful about it because as the verse says, show me my wicked ways so that you can lead me into the everlasting. And that's his goal for us today. God, we thank you for who you are. We trust you. We love you. Lord, we ask, us, ask you this morning to just continue to search our hearts, Lord. Continue to show us the ways that are separating us from you, from relationship with you, from getting closer to you, Lord. We know that your plan is, is far greater than anything we can imagine. Lord, so guide our steps. Be before us, be beside us, be behind us, Lord. We trust you in that. As we leave today, Lord, I, I pray that everyone walks out up here with a, with a spirit of, of courage, love, and trust. Amen. Thank you for being here today.